Why is it important that people out of the crowd and people out of the congregation, people out of the seats of the church step up and say, hey, I believe that there's a God that can use me. You say, well, where do these preachers come from? It's, 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 it's not like one day, and I, I think of the calling on my life, and I'll tell you, I struggle with it, because the biggest thing that I saw about my life was I was unqualified and not good enough. And I remember waking up at night one time when I was a kid, and I, a young person, I remember going to the living room, and I sat down, and I read my Bible, and I, was, I, I, I could felt a, a tug and a Something going on in my life, and I didn't know what it was, and I had this burden on my heart, and, and I've told you guys this before, and I, I really, I pushed it off because I felt like, well, my brother is a, a preacher, and he surrendered to preach, and if I do this, then I, I'm just falling in his footsteps of trying to be like Dave, and I, and I did, I don't even know if I've ever told Dave that, and I struggled with that. But after time, I realized that God had a, a reason that he called me. And, and, and every one of us have a different purpose. And just like John said, that when God calls us, he's got something that he wants you to do. And every story in the Bible is about something that God said, I have a job for you to do. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, I don't know what it is for John, but I know that God has a job for John to do. A, a calling on his life, a specific gifting that he's given him and in talents and abilities and a wisdom and a knowledge of God's word. And it made me think of 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you'll turn with me there, and we'll just read through this. And it, this is a familiar passage of Scripture, but to be honest, when I got into thinking about this, I could not shake this thought. I could not shake this thought. And so sometimes I'll, if God leads me to preach the same passage ten times in a row, I'm going to do it as long as I know it's God telling me to do it. And the, the, the passage before this, and you guys know the story, God called Samuel to go and anoint David and and he went in and and it was God's blessing upon him and God's calling on him to say David you don't have no idea what I'm going to do but I need you to know that I am calling you out I am separating you I am anointing you to do a job for me and and just like me at that point I, I know just like John when he was younger and he told that story it's just like Lord what is that Lord, what does that look like, and how am I going to answer to that? Well, it all kind of came into place when 1 Samuel 17, verse 1, And the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle, and were gathered together, which belonged to Judah, and pitched between that name and Ezekah, and another name. And Samuel and his men of Israel gathered together and pitched in the valley of Elah, and his battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out, out of the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span, and had a helmet of brass and upon his head, and was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. You say, what does that have to do with this? You say, I know why God calls us. I know why God anointed David, I know why God convicted Dave and Chris and Tyler and myself. I know why God put this burden on John. And John, the reason is because there's an enemy out there and he's got different warriors that he needs to rise up and go face them. You say, well, this is a great charge for John. No, I'm talking to every one of us here. There there is an enemy that is 
He is just like in this passage, and I won't go on to all the details of this, but the Bible says that they described him as a champion, which means that he's won a lot of battles before him, and he's taken down a lot of good people. But the Bible describes him and says, let me tell you about a champion. I hate to admit it, but the devil has champions. He's got champions that represent drugs. He's got champions that represent sin. He's got champions that have stepped in the churches and caused splits. He's got champions that are, that are whooping up on our schools right now and stepping into our young people. He's got champions that are taking us down. And you, and you see, and you guys know the story, what's happening on the sidelines? You got a bunch of Christians, you got a bunch of God followers that are doing nothing about the challenger. You say, why is it important for this? Because we face an enemy and God calls out, God calls out. He will reach out in there and say, that man needs to be brought down by you. That man, that enemy, that, that thing that's creeping in our schools and our homes needs to be brought down by you. If God was to call out right now and says, hey, I've got a job for you to do, would you answer the call? Because a lot of those guys, they did nothing. They did nothing. The king of Israel that had all the ability and everything had nothing. He did nothing. He was, he was a champion. He was equipped. He was confident. He said in verse 9, He that able to fight with me and kill me, then, then he will be your servant. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then she'll be our servants and serve us. You know, sometimes we're intimidated to answer the call. I'm, I'm just being honest. We're intimidated when you're sitting there saying, you know, I, I don't have the ability to go in there and do that. I, I can't bring that down. I, I, I barely, I, I'm scared to stand in front of a crowd and I, I, get, I get nervous when I have to give an answer. I get, I, you guys know what I'm talking about? You're thinking, who am I to do that? There's too much at stake. I don't want to mess it up. Look at the reaction in verse 10 in the Philistines. Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They were afraid. Guys, I'm, I'm not beating anybody up, but let me tell you why Satan is beating up our, our nation so bad. Because we have too many Christians that are afraid. Too, too many Christians that just say, I'm, I'm afraid to give up what I have. I'm, I'm afraid that it's going to disrupt my, my life. And John, we asked some John, John some pretty direct questions in there. Like, what are you going to do next? And John said, you know, I'm willing just to do whatever God calls me to do. That's not an easy thing to say. Because God might move you. God might take you out of your comfort zone. And God might have you run out into the middle of a valley and, and stand there with just a rock in your hand and a sling. You don't know what God's going to do. But I'm telling you, if God calls you, he's got a plan for you. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Maybe somebody out here, God's calling you to do something. God, God's going to set you apart and put you in a position and call you out and call you to do something. There's not only an enemy face, but there's a challenge to accept. It was on the 40th day, but this day was different. Because a young man that you guys know as David showed up with a heart for God. And as he heard the battle, as he heard what was being said... He got really tore up in his heart. Actually, he got, he, he got out of his comfort zone and he began to speak up. 
I, I remember that day for me. I, I, I remember, and, and John testified to that as well, when, when he's sitting in there and at the funeral service for Pastor Denoff and, and saying, who is going to step up and do this? Who else is going to call and, and come into these positions? Who else, guys, as, as we do this in our church, Pastor Dave signed up 10 more people for our, our, our new believers class. Praise the Lord for that. But let me tell you guys, for us as a staff, we're not going to be able to handle it all. We can only talk to so many people and only make so many phone calls and sit down and counsel so many people. And everybody through the door has an, has an issue and a problem and a past and addiction. I can't do it by myself. So what are we going to do? Oh, I, I know what we're going to do. I'm looking at it. I'm not the only one called to do this. All of a sudden, you're sitting there saying, hey, wait a minute. John, John, right out of a pew, steps up and says, hey, I love God. And I'm bothered by this. And I love the word of God. And I love people. And God, if you'll let me, I'll run out there and I'll do whatever I can. There's a challenge to accept. Verse 22, and David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and he came to salute his brethren. And he talked with them. Behold, there came up a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him, for they were so afraid. It's, it's amazing how we can hide in the masses. You know what I'm saying? When nobody else is willing to speak up, as long as everybody's being quiet, then I don't stand out. Come, everybody just backed off into the shadows. Guys, champions of the devil don't get brought down by Christians hovering in corners. Amen. It just doesn't happen. Wars are not fought by sidelines. We can sit around and talk about, well, abortion's so bad and this nation is in a mess and young people today, what are we going to do about it? Talking about it and pointing from the shadows of the sidelines going, man, it's a mess out there. Man, somebody needs to stand up and preach and somebody needs to teach. Somebody needs to walk to the pulpit. Somebody needs to declare that he is the living God. Say, so, well, well we're, look, we're looking for more Saul's. No, God was calling out a David. The least qualified out of all of them. The, the one standing off to the side that just showed up with a rock. Actually, he didn't even show up with a rock. He went and got the rock. Shut it with a sling in his pocket. Here Saul is over there with all the equipment and all the knowledge and, and the sword and the shield. And you guys know the story. He tried to give it all to David. And he said, man, I've got what I need. A calling of God on my life. Verse 18, and, and carry these cheeses. His, this is, was his job unto the captain of their thousand. Any of you get that? David, one boy, walked into a group of a thousand you know what that tells me? Our churches are filled with a lot of quiet people. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will do it. David walked into the midst of a thousand. You know, I, I thought in this story in the past that, you know, there's this handful of 30, 40 men. There was a whole lot of guys shivering off to the side, scared in their boots. Verse 9, now Saul and they and all their men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. Here they are losing this battle. But I love this part. Verse 26. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to this man that killeth the Philistines, and taketh away this reproach from Israel? 
For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? You see how he put that in there? He says, guys, let me remind you, we serve the living God. We serve the living God. And we allow them to come in right down the street from our church and, 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 and put a mosque in and, and worship statues. Guys, five minutes from our church, they're worshiping statues. And they're getting into our schools and they're getting into our neighborhoods and they're getting into our young people. So we, we ought to get stirred up and say, hey, listen, this is just the beginning we have got to be charged up in our hearts to say that somebody needs to say something. That's where David was at. He said, oh no, we serve the living God. I'm not going to just let him come in and do this. But this is, you say, well, how does this happen? John already, John gave this illustration right here. John, you gave this illustration. Verse 28, and Eliab, his eldest brother, heard this, and he spake unto them. Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? With whom thou hast thou left the few sheep in the wilderness? As I know thy pride and thy naughtiness of thy heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Somehow, sometimes the worst advice can come from our closest people. It really can. John admitted this. He said, where people came up and said, to be honest, you're not going to make any money in that. And that's not a career good move and all this other stuff. And sometimes we listen to the wrong people. And guys, and I know, and I've thought about this. You know, we're having another ordination service here shortly. Uh, Chris Andrews is being his local church. He said, I've not been ordained. I want to be ordained by my church. You know, you get, all, you get this over off to the ground. Who is he? I don't, I don't believe he should be doing that. What's John? John thinks he's some sort of preacher man. And John, you're, John why don't you find your place? You know, it's amazing. You're unqualified. You're not good enough. All you can do is throw rocks. How's God going to use a boy that can throw rocks? Who are you? It's amazing how critical we can be with each other. It's amazing how we'll look over a young person that, man, might have that potential. And, and we judge them. We put them down. We hold them back. You know what his brother should have been doing? You know what, David? You're right. Man, we do serve the living God. Maybe we just needed that reminder. But you know what it was? In their pride. And this funny thing is they were calling David out saying it was your pride. No, it was their pride that was so upset because a young man was speaking the truth. It's, it's very cool. Now, God qualifies the unqualified. God, God can take anybody with that surrendered heart, beating with conviction, saying, I, I don't know what God's going to do with me. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that I cannot stay here and be quiet. That's how we get people that are ordained. People that rise up and they say, you know what, I give my life. And John has. He's, this close, he's, he's finishing, he's, just, he's advancing, he's already got his degree going into his master's degree. He, he wants it so bad. And that surrendered heart and just say, Lord, whatever it is you have me to do, I'm, I'm willing to do it. I've never called up John in our church and asked him, will you, will you teach? Will you fill in for me? I'm going out of town and I've got to do this and I can call him. You know what? He doesn't throw something together. He studies the word of God. You know why? Because he's a conviction. He said, we, we asked him in there, he said, what gets you going? Why do you do this? And he said, I have a passion and a love for God's word. That's where it starts. You say, how do you know this? Well, when David ran out there, and you guys know the story, most of you know the story. 
he said, what do you come to me with sticks and, you know, how Goliath was talking to him. And he's out there with all of his metal and a sword and a shield and all these other things. And you know what David gave out to him? He started preaching to him. He said, you will not defy the living God. He said, today thou shalt, the Lord will give me into your hand. And all these other things. He was just giving truth. As you know, the greatest weapon that we have in our life is truth. Preach the truth. You say, what happened this morning? Guys, I almost, I was, I, I was apprehensive. The guys will tell you, when we met for prayer uh, this morning, I was apprehensive. Last night, before we went to bed, I was talking to Jenny. I was apprehensive. I said, I, I've got an idea in my mind. She said, what, what are you going to do? I'm going to put out a tombstone, and I'm going to give people signs that say sin, and I'm going to do it. And they were like, and I'm thinking, it's going to look like a Sunday school lesson. It's going to look like I'm preaching in junior church. But I tell you what, I'm glad I followed what God asked me to do. Because it's the simplicity. We, we try to overcomplicate it. It's just give truth. This is truth. I tell you, John, if you want to make a difference, give truth. Don't, don't try to elevate yourself. Don't, don't try to put yourself on a pedestal. David just ran out there and said, man, I don't know what I'm doing except following God, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you truth. Gave him more than truth. It gave him a headache is what he did. Verse 29. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? You start asking yourself that question, there will be a whole lot more people stepping forward to follow God and preach the, preach the truth. You know what you're saying? Shouldn't something be done? And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people, people answered him again after the former manner. When his brothers would not listen, Goliath was still speaking up. He said, something has to be done. Why are we doing this? I tell John, whoever else is out there that will call, answer the call, when God's going to call you out of the crowd and say, I've got a job for you. I want you to represent me. I want you to run to the battle. I want you to lift up truth. I want you to speak on my behalf. I, I, want, I want you to be a leader. I want people to follow you. I want to anoint you. I want to give you the power of God. Because there's an enemy to be faced. There's a challenge to accept. And there's a battle to be won. Guys, David walked out there that day and he won the battle. There's a whole lot more victories to be won. There's, there's a whole lot more Goliaths standing out there. And generations to come, we've got to lead the example. Because David led the example for other people to come behind him. I'm just saying because we need more Davids. Men and women that will step out of the crowd and will give themselves wholeheartedly to the Lord to follow Him.